Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the 718. I'm Salvatore Cassio, along with my co-host, Charlie Crane, bringing you New York sports from real New York sports fans. What's up, Sal? How's your week been? Been doing well. How's yours? I mean, it was a, it's been a crazy travel storm here in New York past couple of days. I lost power twice. I don't know about you. Yeah, same. I got a little bit of a blackout, but other than that, I've been good. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, uh, first thing to talk about this week, uh, Nets 2-1 and one in the bubble. Uh, last game was a big win over the Bucks, 119-116. to 116. I, think it's, I think it's pretty standard. We've talked about the Nets pretty much as far as we can. Now yeah, what a, what a nail-biter that was. That's a, that's a really big win for the Nets to propel them forward, especially over the one-seed Bucks. No, I, I agree, and, I, and I'm, I'm pretty vocal about not being convinced about the Bucks in the playoffs, but I can't acknowledge that they, they have a really good team, and I think for the Nets who are really weakened in the bubble, I think it's an important win for them. Yeah, absolutely. Moving on to the NHL, the Rangers and Islanders return. The Islanders are up 2-0 against the Panthers. Rangers got swept by the Hurricanes, 0-3. Yeah, well, that's Rangers, – Rangers are done. I don't think anyone expected much of them, especially with the Hurricanes being one of the hottest teams in the NHL before the COVID-19 outbreak. And, uh, yeah, Islanders are up – Islanders are up 2-0 over the Florida Panthers. And I think, I think, I think they'll go on to win that series, no problem. I, I think the Islanders are a good hockey team. Another team I think was playing well before the outbreak, and I think they'll continue that. But I think there's something more – I think there's something more important with the Rangers, and that, as I think, Lundqvist. What do you think about that? Well, I think, sadly, as a Rangers fan, I think this is the end of the Lundqvist era. It, he was a great – he was a great servant to New York, and, like, I just think the city has to move on from him. Great. Very respectable guy, and I think – we have a new young goalie, and I think that's how we have to keep it and move on. No, I agree. I'm not a Rangers fan, but like I, I, I follow the I follow the Rangers half closely. A lot of family are Rangers fans, and I, I feel bad that he never got a ring in New York because I think he's what he's been there. He's he's been there for over ten years, and I think I think he's I think he deserved I think he deserved more. But I, I don't think there's any I don't think there's any Ranger fan that doesn't acknowledge what he was and will appreciate that. But, yeah, all right. Well, on to the next thing we're going to talk about, the NFL restart. Uh, the opt-out date is fast approaching. Uh, how many players from the Jets have opted out? All I know is C.J. Mosley. Yeah, C.J. Mosley is the one notable one. But I'd like, to, I'd like to take us to what Odell Beckham said in his comments. And he, he kept saying, like, what are they trying to push forward? And it's obviously for the owner's money and that the owners don't treat the players fairly and stuff like that. Like, what do you, what, what do you think about that? I mean, as a Giants fan, Odell and bad public statements are nothing new. He speaks his mind even when there's not much meaning or thought behind it. So, like, the fact that he's, like, made what you could uh, perceive as reckless comments does not surprise me. And, like, to a point, I understand what he's saying. Like, he doesn't want to miss out from playing, and he doesn't think it's being handled very well. And I think that's a different argument. But, like, it is it is what's been proposed, and it is what the NFLPA agreed on. So if you don't like it at that point, then the opt-out is there for a reason, and you shouldn't play. Like, like I, I, maybe, the, maybe there are bigger issues to talk about, but at the end of the day, like, the, the NFL is not going to stop because Odell Beckham Jr. isn't happy with how it's working. 
if, if, if it's what everyone else came to a consensus about, then he's either going to have to play or he's not. Yeah. I mean, being a Jets fan, I've had zero patience for any of Odell's antics, like even when he was on the Giants. And, you know, personally, I think like what he's saying, like, just don't play. Like if, if you're that unsatisfied no, I, I agree. I agree. with the terms and conditions agreed on by the owners association and the NFLPA, do not play. I think it's that simple. And I think, I think the comment is, is not the wisest because he has the option to not play. And I understand that you would want to play, but if you're that worried about risking getting COVID, for example, I mean, I feel like a lot of, of a lot of other players are saying the same thing. Like JJ Watt is saying, if they have to play with a mask, he's not going to play because then, because then that raises the question. It's like, are, are the conditions we're playing in not safe that I need to wear a mask? Like, mm-hmm. I don't know. I think, I think if Odell is that worried about it, I think he's making millions of dollars and I think he should just sit out. Like, I just think he should sit out. You know, I think, I think the JJ Watt point is interesting about how if he, if he has to wear a mask and he doesn't think it's safe enough to play. And I, th- I think that's an interesting point. I think the NFL will struggle to come back. I think they're going to try to push because there's so much money in the sport. But I think I think we're seeing like you have like the NHL and the NBA in the bubble format in contrast with how the MLB is doing, and I think I think the bubble is absolutely the way to go. Yeah, like, you see you see teams like the Cardinals and the Marlins are like have their have their seasons like halted before they really even got into swing. So I I feel I feel bad for them, but I I won I'm I'm excited to see how the NFL progresses and uh, at the Giants out of Giants players opting out. Obviously, it's tragic with Nate Soldier's son battling cancer, but I have to look at a silver lining, and that means we don't have to pay his contract, which is very large. Yeah. So I will try to have a positive outlook on that for the Giants. But yeah, with the Jets, I feel like I feel like with Mosley opting out, and now that we lost Jamal Adams, I feel like our defense is just going to go down the drain. Mosley had an interception and a fumble, forced fumble, his first uh, his first game with the Jets, and then proceeded to hurt himself and not come back for the rest of the season. And I feel like now without, now without Jamal Adams, who I'm pretty sad about leaving, I feel like we have to, like, I feel like our defense is going to be in a lot of trouble if we don't get something going on. Quinn and Williams is going to return. He, he was really a no show in the beginning of the season for the entire season. I don't know. I hope he does well though. No, I, I think I I agree. I think C.J. Mosley, like he, he, I feel like he's that he, he he's that he because you know he has the talent. I think he just he can be that calming presence in the middle of the field for your defense. And I think people talk about like safeties and like middle linebackers as like the the court like the quarterbacks of the defense because they have a lot to oversee. And you're losing your two best players in that position. So I think I think Greg Williams will have his work. Yeah, he's gonna have a lot of work to do. But I'm excited to see how that turns out. Uh, on to the MLB, Mets and the Yankees. How, 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 what kind of week did the Mets have? The Mets had an interesting week. I mean, I mean now that they're now that their their win percentage is a third, so they're four and eight. Yankees are eight and one. The Mets have been going through a quote unquote yeah, just a very unfortunate season so far. No, I, I've been there. Now the injuries. Now yeah, the injuries. Cano got placed on the IL. McNeil on day to day. Conforto on day to day. Really, really unfortunate. And then just to cap it all off, 
Yoannis Cespedes opting out without us even knowing the like the day yeah, of. That's bad. That is really yeah. bad. And you know, if if I were the, if I were the Mets, Cespedes would never be near the organization again. Oh, absolutely not. I would pay never him a thousand dollars less than the league minimum next year. He is. He does not deserve to. No, that, I think that is. I think that is really bad. I think. I think he just wanted to prove. I think he just like wanted to come back, prove he could play. I don't think he ever had any intention of staying, and I think that makes it worse. You know, after all the organizations done for him, we've had him on such a huge contract for so long, injured on his ranch last year. Like, come on! Like, how does that even happen? Like, it just like doesn't make sense. Like, you're you gotta be you gotta be focused to play baseball. And if you don't want to play, if you don't want to play baseball, then especially in New York, when the media is always on you, like don't play here. No, I, I don't. I just, I don't think it's a good fit for him anymore. I agree. I think playing in New York is a different beast to to overcome, because I think you have you have constant media spotlight wherever you go and everything that you do, and I don't think that he can. I think he's had one too many. I think he's had one too many things, and he. I think I think it is time to go, but. Yeah, I, I, it is it, it is unfortunate for the Mets. Back to the injuries. I, as a Yankee fan, I I have had season after season where it seems that our so called so like so called best lineup can't stay healthy. And fingers crossed, knock on wood, that hasn't happened yet for the Yankees. But I do I do understand I do understand where you're coming from. The really thing, the biggest thing for the Yankees, besides James Paxton's second awful pitching outing which we got we got bailed out by our nine run offense and Aaron Judge I think Aaron Judge has been the standout for the Yankees six run runs in five games hitting 380 like yeah. I think he's been I think he's had I've always been a big fan of Aaron Judge and I, where a lot of people have come at him with criticism which I understand I just think he's gotten unlucky with injury and I think that I, I said before this season that I think we're going to see the best of Aaron Judge consistently and it's very early, only ten games in, but I, I hope I, I hope I hope this is what I hope this is what we're in in the future with Aaron well, Judge. You know, as much as I hate to admit it, I really like as a Mets fan, I see I see him making the run for MVP. Like I he's I think he's in my top ten outfielders by far in the MLB. He he definitely deserves to be there and I think he's a stud and he's a, definitely a force to be reckoned with. And I hope honestly I hope he does well. Yeah, so we're gonna uh, we're gonna do it right now. We're gonna go back and look at our MLB standing predictions for the Mets and Yankees divisions. I uh, want to read out yours. Yeah, so for the NL East, I had the Mets first, the Braves second, the Nationals third, the Phillies fourth, and the Marlins fifth. Well, uh, the Mets first was, I would say bold. I would say bold from the beginning. Yeah, and I, I guess you could say that hasn't panned out. But the fact that the Marlins right now sit in first, I don't think any of us would have guessed yeah, either. It's so safe to say that none of us would have guessed that one. I, it's I think it's hard to talk about standings in a season where everyone where everyone has played a different amount of games. I think that makes it a little bit more yeah. difficult. Because but, like the Braves, the Braves have played twelve games, and the Marlins have played four games. But technically, the Marlins' winning percentage is better. But I think the Braves are the best team in the NL East right now. So, I mean, uh, for the NL East, I predicted Braves, Phillies, Mets, Nats, Marlins. I was a little low on the net. I was a little no- low on the Nats, but it was right after Juan Soto had been diagnosed, and they were missing Rendon, and Strasburg was hurt. And I was like, I, I didn't, I didn't see, I didn't see much of a future because I, I do think that's a pretty packed division. But the Phillies have been. Okay, I I still believe in Joe Girardi. 
I think he's a good manager. And I think I think the Phillies have some talent there. But right now they're last, so I might be wrong. But the Braves, I agree, are the best team in the division. And then we had, we had the same AL East predictions. Yeah, no, I'm kind of surprised we came to an agreement about that. But I do, obviously the Yankees, I think, are the best team in that division. And the Rays with their – I think they have a very underrated team. And I think their rotation is very good as well. Blue Jays, I feel like they just have a young core. The Red Sox, I feel like, are a mess, but can't be worse than the Orioles. So, like, that's how, that was my logic when I picked my predictions. Orioles right now are second in the division. Orioles – Orioles have more wins, and I think the Orioles took two out of three against the Red Sox somehow. Yeah, and they beat the I'm, Marlins four nothing yesterday. Yeah, I'm I'm not sure there's a future in that, but yeah, uh, I I think the I think the Red Sox are really bad. I don't think the Red Sox can pitch against any lineup that has a pulse. Um, I I think the Rays are an underrated lineup in baseball, but I I I'm I think the Yankees are the best team in baseball, and there might be a tiny bit of bias coming out of that. But I, I think I think at least I think at least so far we've looked the best out of all teams. Pitching is the only worry. Honestly, I'm at not- least as at least as of now, you're right. And let me let me tell you something. It's like I feel like your lineup overpowers a lot of other people's pitching, for example, to the point where like your pitchers don't have to even perform that well, and your guys can still get a win. Like you saw it last year with like Domingo Herman or someone like that. I think he only had like two losses in the season. Like, yeah. Once you go on the once you go on the Yankees, your like your your record just goes up because of no, the- I, I, yeah. I, I think Domingo Herman is a good example. I think he's a good pitcher, but like his stats were absolutely inflated for the kind of stuff he had. Like, yeah, he had like he had like a at some point like a over five ERA and with like double digit wins and like three losses. And I so mean I, honestly, with with the sixty game season, I think it's possible that one of your pitchers could even go undefeated. Yeah, I agree. I, I think it'll, I I think I think Garrett Cole will go undefeated. I do. I think so too, and I think I think it's really possible. And you know, I'll go back to this. I feel like this season is a matter of which team could stay the healthiest, not even which team's the best. And I feel like the Yankees have done a pretty good job of staying healthy. Other than I mean, Lemayu's back now, but with Chapman and stuff like that. Yeah, I feel like the Yankees are relatively healthy. I like contrary to where the Mets are, but I mean the Yankees being as dominant of a team as they are, and then being able to maintain maintain their health and stuff like that, I think they have a really good shot. Honestly. No, I I think I think staying healthy is key for the Yankees. I think you have like problematic players like Giancarlo Stanton, who's been he's been I think hitting very well since the restart, and he he dropped 15 pounds, which lo- he looks he looks I he's a he's a big guy, but he looks slimmer, he looks healthier. I hope. I hope that the training. I hope that the training staff are right. That has been a source of the like of the strain on his knees and his shoulder. So I hope that works. Luke Voigt is also slimmed down, and I think he's looked he's looked more mobile at first. I, I hope he can stay healthy. I I I'm, I I really hope the Yankees can stay healthy because like we we address we address the pitching, and I think besides the pitching, the big issue was staying healthy and injuries and deep into the season. So I hope I hope we can kind of correct that. So, but, I mean, unfortunately, due to the COVID-19 pandemic, there's no fans. And I was really looking forward to going to some games this year. So that leads us to our next topic, the virtual fans. What do you think about the virtual fans? In the NBA, I like them. I like, I like, like, the Skyped-in, like, actual fans. And I, I don't mind the virtual crowd noise either. Like, I, it's, it kind of becomes, like, white noise when I'm watching a game. I don't even hear it. It mm-hmm. feels just like a part of it. What I do have a big problem with is the CGI fans that Fox has been using. I think those are just, like, weird. I, I don't see the point. They're kind of creepy. 
like they're like lifeless like animatronic things in the outfield like when i don't know i don't get the point i'm glad it's only fox and i hope they don't do it for much longer because i think it's terrible yeah you know i liked i like the idea of the cardboard cutouts and at least like the oakland yeah, a's i agree doing, the oakland a's are doing something like if the ball if the ball hits you like you get you get to keep the ball or something like that and like it's cool it's cool like we've seen like our friends faces on tv and stuff like that yeah like I mean, like that's cool, but yeah, this the the fans that Fox has, it's I think it looks pretty silly. But honestly, like with the NBA, I think they do a good job. Like I saw like Giannis's son the other yeah, day. Yeah, I saw Giannis's son. I saw like Paul Pierce watching the Celtics game. I think they, I think they, I think they do a much better job of like yeah, like that's that's just entertaining. Like like with the fans and stuff like that. And honestly, I feel like with a baseball game, I don't really find it as weird. As yeah, to I I agree. Like, but like with the exception of like playoff baseball, like yeah, like I feel like MLB like sadly rarely sells out now. You're not you're like you yeah. you rarely get like a a lot like a crazy crowd. So I don't think it's like missing that much yet. But as long I don't as know. I as long as I have Gary Keith and Ron, I'm not complaining. Like that's enough <laughs> entertainment for me, and that's what keeps me going through the Mets season. Well, no, so, I, I I I actually I actually enjoy the Mets broadcast. Oh I yeah, I know. I think they have the best broadcasting team in baseball. I, I, like I, as a neutral, I I, I enjoy them. I, I I still love I love Michael Kay. I love John Sterling, who's sick right now. But Ricky Ricardo has done a great job filling in. I think he sounds just like John Sterling. I was talking about that with my family. But David Cohn is one that I have no patience for on the Yankee <laughs> broadcast. Like he he just he he spends so much time talking about nothing. And like I don't know, he like former as a former pitcher, I think he's so biased towards pitchers. But that's not that's not a discussion for now. Yeah. But. So one more thing, one more thing we'd like to do with the seven one eight. So on Friday, August seventh, we're gonna be having like a call in session where our viewers can call in and ask us questions or be feel free to debate with us and see what we think about any of the New York sports teams and like what's going on with them. So that'll be via Zoom. So. Please let us know if you would like. Yeah, uh, yeah, and, and we'll have we'll have the links posted on all of our social medias when that nears. Yeah. So signing off, Alcasio. Right. All right. All right. Thank you. Thank you, guys.